Hello and welcome to Flowering of the Human Spirit. Uh, I'm Claire Stewart and I'm your host in this podcast which is about Edinburgh uh, in the year, first year that we're not having any festivals in August since 1947 and uh, I'm recording every day of August because August is usually the festival month here um, and today I'm going to be talking about life in the city on a Friday and a trip to the Pakora Bar which has shown me that there are still people visiting Edinburgh from other places, uh, which is interesting because I have been mainly in my house or in my studio and not necessarily aware of who is coming and going. So stay tuned for more audio rambling. I'm also going to be talking about nature and the environment and the effect of human migration patterns by which I mean tourism and how that's changed in the recent months and if you're interested in thinking a bit more about the city and how things could change uh, in the wake of this year's changes and the ways that it's opened our eyes to certain environmental and social impacts of festivals and tourism then you should definitely check out the fantastic article You'll Have Had Your City by Morvan Cunningham. Morvan is the founder and director of Lethal Eight and an all-round cultural firebrand activist and brilliant uh, active citizen of Leith and Edinburgh. And uh, you should definitely check that out on the skinny. Um, it's, it's on the skinny. Also, Morvan is printing some copies at the Out of the Blueprint which is a small press based in the Out of the Blue, which is one of the few remaining grassroots-focused and community-focused art centres in Edinburgh. And Out of the Blueprint prints a lot of other fantastic things too, so check them out. But definitely, if you can get your hands on a copy of Morvan's Provocation essay article, You'll Have Had Your City, Uh, I think it's an important cultural artefact and it's very much worth a read, so check that out. Today I was in the centre of Edinburgh running some errands and by the centre I usually think of the area around Princess Street and particularly around the middle of Princess Street, um, around around Hanover Street, right over to the top of Leaf Walk and that's where I was. And there were quite a lot of people around. It's a Friday, it's, it's a sunny day, or at least it has been this afternoon and quite warm. Yeah, there were a surprising amount of people out and about. In fact, Certainly not the amount, the amount of people that would be out in August usually, but definitely more like the amount of people you would have on a an average Friday in summer. And there was tourists as well. You could tell walking groups and things were around. And having gone through the old town and past the Royal Mile, there were 
lots of places open and lots of people out and about. No sign of any reckless lack of social distancing behaviour, everyone being sensible. It really did look, it surprised me, it looked a lot like, a lot more like an average Friday in Edinburgh. That was good because I've been thinking a lot about local businesses and how they're going to be dealing with this. As soon as I heard that the festivals were going to be cancelled, that was one of the first things that I thought about was just it's going to be such a catastrophe for local businesses. Many local businesses in Edinburgh are relying on uh, festival revenue to prop up the business for the whole rest of the year when it's not particularly busy. So anyway, I, so I, I was walking through and on Hanover Street and I ended up going into the Pecora Bar on Hanover Street, which is an absolute food highlight of Edinburgh for me. And their, their food is just absolutely superb. And they're a really nice, small, friendly, family-run business. It also gives me quite a lot of nostalgia for the Pakora bars. Uh, in Glasgow, there was a Pakora bar on Woodlands Road, which used to be open when the clubs came out in Glasgow, and it had just the most amazing array of delicious Pakora. Every every time you went in there, they had something different. Uh, anyway, the Pakora bar I went in today, and I got some really nice vegetarian pakora and some fish pakora. It was lovely, it was a nice vibe. There there weren't many people uh, sitting in any places on Hanover Street. There was a few people sitting outside some places. I really did notice that staff uh, of restaurants standing in the doorways with masks on, looking anxious about, I'm guessing, the lack of customers everybody's got to follow their own sense of what they should and shouldn't do of course they do but it, it really felt to me like such a shame that these places are open for business and they're ready and they're ready to serve people they've they've clearly visibly put a lot of measures in place they've got hand sanitizer at the doors they've got notices at the doors they've got masks they've reconfigured their restaurants to suit the guidelines that are needed yeah, just really felt for them and that wasn't just the only reason I went to the Pakora bar but it was it was a factor because I could have just come home and had a sandwich but I thought, do you know what, I'm going to get some Pakora because I want to support local businesses they're trying really hard and I really want them to survive and, and to keep on doing what they do really well uh, which is making fantastic, delicious Pakora I also noticed at the top of Leith Walk, outside the Omni Centre, the two giraffes, which are two metal sculptures outside the Omni Centre, and I believe they have names, but I can't remember what they are. They have been given little pokey hats. Uh, if you're a Scottish person, you will know what a pokey hat is. They've been given little pokey hats of made of blue and white, paper looked quite festive. That was it was nice to see that, just a little bit of humour in, in our environment right now. The sky was very clear today. And when the sky is clear, in at that part of town you can see right the way down to the Firth of Forth and right across to the other side. 
to Fife, which is a gorgeous view. So today the sun was shining and off in the distance I could see the Firth of Forth and I could see Fife on the other side and just beautiful blue skies and little white clouds. We are so lucky to live in a city with that environment all around us. One of the things that I did during lockdown, because there was so much interesting news coming coming through about it, was to join a group on Facebook about fourth uh, mammal spotting in the Firth of Forth. The group is called Fourth Marine Mammals, if you want to join. It's a private group on Facebook, but I don't think they have any restrictions other than that you shouldn't join unless you're interested in fourth marine mammals. There have been loads of really interesting sightings of marine wildlife in the Firth of Forth, which borders on Edinburgh and so is part of our direct environment. I can't help wondering why, why it is. I mean, it might be related to boat traffic or uh, a reduction in boat traffic or other environmental factors that have changed this year because of the massive sweeping changes in human activity, of course. July apparently has seen uh, sightings of bottlenose dolphins and harbour porpoise, which I think are seen in other years, but don't quote me on that. But I, I seem to remember those are rare but expected in the fourth but also um, what's described in the group as more exotic visitors ocean sunfish and a swordfish and what people think was a poor beagle shark I don't even know what a poor beagle shark is but what a great name I'm going to look up about the poor beagle sharks and also two unidentified whales have been spotted Minky whales have been spotted. There's lots of videos of seals and dolphins coming quite close to people's boats and showing off and putting on beautiful displays. It's really, really lovely to see these mammals in our, in our waters and for them to be coming close and, and, and having close encounters with people. I mean, I would love to know it, what it is that's really changed in that environmental sense that is making these mammals um, be spotted more often. Is it also just us having more time? And is it us paying more attention? Because I know that I certainly have been paying much more granular attention to my local environment and from everything from plants and looking after plants uh, better to appreciating nature and wildflowers when I've been out on walks or flowers in people's gardens which have been just the most impressive that they've ever been for years. It's just something that I wanted to, to reflect upon because as I could see down to the forth today, I mean that's the first glimpse of, of the forth that I've had for probably the last four months. It reminded me immediately of the group and thinking about the dolphins and whales and porpoises. The mysteries of the ocean is something that, you know, we don't take enough time to, to pause and appreciate.
This has really made me think too about shifts in human migration patterns. And what I mean by that is our migration patterns are a huge number of people, for example, flying south to Spain every year to get a bit of time in the sun and the way that birds do and the way that marine mammals and fish do and the fact that Edinburgh is not absolutely rammed to the rafters right now with tourists there's not no tourists and actually when I was in the Pakora bar uh, that was one of the things that surprised me was that there were they, they put up these boards that are obviously meant to be screens I suppose for 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 Covid protection purposes on the tables and the nice thing that they've done is they've provided pens so that people can write messages on these boards and people have because a lot of people like me love the Pakora bar and maybe we're only visiting once and we're just really impressed by the food uh, they were on a trip to Edinburgh and these because these have only gone up in the past few months we know that these people have visited in the past few months and there were people from Anglesey from South Africa from Ireland from Manchester I didn't read them all but I did take note of a few while I was sitting waiting for my delicious pakora to be made lots of people leaving nice messages and saying how great the food was those have been people that have visited in the last few months and people's migration patterns have, have, have changed massively in terms of Edinburgh because we normally have the festival population of people who work in the festivals and perform and the visitors too who are, who are coming to enjoy the festivals. Uh, there's also uh, been a massive reported massive swelling of interest in the North Coast 500 in Scotland which is it's been promoted as a tourist attraction over the past few years and in a way quite cleverly because it was an existing highlands basically it was an existing entity and just framing it in that way of being the north coast 500 has brought a lot of interest to the area what what we've seen now is that there are quite a lot of people going up to the different places on the route of the North Coast 500 but it goes all the way around the highlands from Apple Cross on the west coast across to Inverness up all the way up to John O'Groats and Thurso in the north east across to Durness and it, it's basically a big loop around the coast of the highlands. There have been calls to end promotion of the North Coast 500 route um, in the past few days because local campaigns have been started by people living on the, the routes who have experienced littering and just disrespect of the environment of the area, people just leaving behind their rubbish, people leaving behind also human waste they're camping they're not being responsible about their their waste and the environment that they're in and also driving at high speed because they seem to think that this is like you know the gumball of scotland or something it's really upsetting local people to the extent that they're they're asking 
for for people to to be discouraged from coming and told not to come at the same time there's things in the media presumably being promoted by tourist bodies and, and businesses saying that tourist businesses in the highlands are looking forward to a big holiday boom and a tourist boom in in the coming weeks because of the north coast 500 and you know the amazing environments of scotland that, that are very enjoyable relaxing peaceful exactly what people need right now for a, for a little getaway from from lockdown claustrophobia what the kind of things that people have been saying uh, on the north coast 500 so Margaret Meek from Kinloch Bervy, who set up the NC500, the Land Weeps page. So that's obviously a campaigning page um, asking for there to be more responsibility taken or perhaps for people to be discouraged from coming to the area, said, Since NC500, the volume of traffic has increased year on year. Last year was intolerable to the point where if you live here, you tended not to leave your house. It's much worse this year with the easing of lockdown and the type of people coming. A lot of responsible people are staying home. In all of this, people who live here don't get mentioned and we have to put up with some outrageous behaviour. NC500 has transformed the area into a theme park. Maybe it's too late to close the door on NC500, but it would be really nice if its time had come and people stopped promoting it. It's not uncommon for businesses to be held responsible for damage they caused. It's clear the promotion has brought tens of thousands of people here and they need to contribute to doing something about the problems. So, interesting to hear people talking in the Highlands now about feeling as though their area has been turned into a theme park because that is something that Edinburgh residents have been saying over the years about Edinburgh, not just during the festivals but in other parts of the year where we have a lot of tourism here. The other thing that I learned about the NC500, which I didn't know before because I thought that it was just a route um, that was being promoted, is that there's actually a North Coast 500 organisation. Its uh, chief executive is, is a man called Tom Campbell and when I went on their website and looked at their information about the NC500, they're talking about stunning coastal scenery, an exhilarating wildlife safari, and then you scroll down and there's a section, personal membership from £15 a year. And there's so there's traveller membership, £15 a year, explorer membership, £45, clan membership, travelling in a group, save money with a clan membership for up to four people, learn more and buy. What is a membership of the NC500, which is a road that is going through people's areas and made me quite annoyed to just to read about this. I didn't have any idea that this kind of level of corporate promotion was going on. 
There's also a page about official NC500 partners. Here are the businesses and organisations who support the North Coast 500. Those include our new corporate and business partners since June 2016, as well as our main public sector partners who have continued to support the North Coast 500 since its launch in 2015. And then they've got distillery modern classics which is a classic car company arnold clark car and vent van rental the singleton glenord distillery dunnett bay distillery and galbraith uh, which is a hotel i'm assuming a country house hotel business partners there's more of those more more tourist businesses and whiskey and luxury scotland seems to be some sort of promotion vehicle and then right at the very bottom public sector partners tiny logos of visit scotland and highland and island enterprise so yeah i mean there's food for thought there when as soon as you think about the area as you know outstanding at natural beauty and wild and rugged and filled with natural beauty and wildlife and also it's a place where people live and they live there for a reason because they enjoy the relative peace of the place or perhaps because they were born and grew up there and that is that is their home and then there's all suddenly all these loud cars zooming through treating it like a rally one of the articles talked about festival behavior wild campers with a festival attitude at north coast 500 highland beauty spot blamed for littering and snapping branches off trees dirty camping is an issue that unites smp and conservatives alike this was a piece in the scotsman by kenny mccaskill this being a particular problem this year because of the lockdown and because of a lot of people choosing that type of holiday John White, uh, litter is not an urban or rural condition, but a human one, is writing in the West Highland Free Press. And it's got a photo of a large collection of discarded energy drink cans that he collected while cycling a loop around the north end of Sky. It's really saddening that this is, again, humans, after you know we've seen some positive impacts for the environment on us slowing down stopping our usual activity in the world when the lockdown easing first started there were some days where the meadows was really really full of 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 young people and i hate to point the finger at young people but it was all young people really it wasn't older people doing this and leaving behind huge amounts of litter uh, on the on the meadows, which is something that happens. To be fair, it happens every summer, and it isn't okay for it to happen any any year. And because it happens every year, the council have a team, a crack team of of, of litter dispatchers who go down there and get rid of it all uh, first thing in the morning before it bothers most people. But the early the early morning dog walkers of the area uh, have to contend with it and it's absolutely disgusting and it doesn't really matter that there's somebody there to take care of the problem the the principle of the thing is that there are people are actually doing it and behaving that selfishly community activists uh, using they use discarded rubbish the 
got up very early in the morning, went down to the meadows, picked up the, all the discarded rubbish and wrote out on the surface of the meadows Scotland's COVID-19 death toll uh, in litter to burn into people's minds the link between large gatherings and death from the disease. And at that point, the NHS was only just coming out of one of the grim- grimmest times in living memory. This is what people were, were doing to let their hair down, but leaving behind just this horrible mess in this environment that belongs to everyone and that we all share. It was interesting to me to see the behaviour on the North Coast 500. It's almost like a, a, a transference of migrants out to the out to the sticks, out to the highlands, away from busy centres in Scotland. But then to see that ultimately wherever we go, unless humans are corralled in some way, we just seem to inevitably tend to behave badly and disrespect the environment. And I don't want that to be a grim message, I don't want that to be a sad and negative message, but I think it's something it's important to note, especially if we care about the environment, we should think about it in terms of stewardship. This is our country. What do we want it to be like to live in and for people to visit? What is lacking that maybe we could be a bit more imaginative about solutions? For example, bothies, the system of bothies, which are small huts in the mountains that were originally used by shepherds and outdoor workers to shelter from bad weather and spend nights when they couldn't get down from mountains or out of rural spots. They have codes of conduct and not everybody follows them but a lot of people do so that often if you arrive in Scotland and and on a hike, if you arrive at a bothy, you'll find that somebody's left you a stack of firewood, perhaps they've left behind a couple of tins of beans or a a can of lager even or, or you know left behind some drinking water. These kind of things that are nice they're 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 part of rural stewardship they're part of respecting the land that we live in and if you're going to go out there and enjoy it then maybe we need to give people some stronger and more cohesive codes of conduct and doable ways to enact them and to have consequences for people that aren't following those rules all in all interesting to see that this year 2020 when big crowds and gatherings and lots of people crammed into one place are out of the question similar problems about environments that people live in being cheek by jowl with recreational spaces and tourist spaces uh, problems about infrastructure problems about behavior problems about disrespecting the land and the environment it's the same but different it's a different environment but it's the same problem we need better solutions i wanted to share with you a couple of little pakora limericks that were in the pakora bars boards that some visitors had written so the first one, oh what should I have? What a worry. I need to decide. Got to hurry. Will it be Pakora or will it be Mora? 
a Daldi or maybe a Curry. That one was by W. Taylor. And then the other one, which is by somebody whose name I can't read properly, but I think it's Daikwee. Um, there is a young lassie called Nora who often comes in for Pakora. She will stand a plateful and is always so grateful that all the folks here just adore her. I thought that was nice. That cheered me up while I was waiting for my delicious pakora to be made. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing what can inspire creativity. Thanks for joining me for this Friday the 7th of August episode. I hope whatever you're up to this weekend is going to be restful and joyous and whatever you want it to be. I hope you're staying safe, wearing a mask and keeping the heat. Until tomorrow when I'll be back with another episode, take care and cheerio.